0: Welcome to the podcast. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn today. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary of the Glenn Beck program. It's true, this story, this uh, long story started 20 years ago, uh, and Glenn is not here for it. We'll tell you the reasons for that here uh, in uh, just a second. Also, Bill O'Reilly joins us. Bill O'Reilly uh, comes in for the uh, hour to give us uh, his perspective on the election, what happened with Iran... And Ricky Gervais, uh, which, of course, uh, how did he pronounce it? Gervais?
1: I think so, yeah. So or it's, Gervais or I think something Gr- like Ricky that?
0: Ricky Gervais, I think, mm-hmm. equals Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. We'll have to ask Bill about that. Uh, Jeffy, unfortunately, joins us, uh, host, of course, of Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, uh, to give us uh, the—there's a bunch of uh, new polls out about the election and the latest with the royal family, which he, for some reason— cares about and uh we talk about the 20th anniversary of the Glenbeck program which we're celebrating by getting rid of all of the glaciers because they're all going to be gone by 2020 we have an update about that <laughs> how they got that one wrong and how they're covering their asses on that uh it all happens uh, today here on the podcast you're listening to
2: the best of the Glenbeck program
1: Uh, it looks more and more like Iran, either accidentally or, or on purpose, shot down that Ukrainian airliner the other night, <laughs> killing all 176 on board. So, so bizarre. I mean, didn't you suspect that, though, from the very from the very beginning? Because it was just too weird that all those missiles were launched and then, coincidentally, a plane just crashes into Iran? Did not seem
0: possible. Didn't. No, it, it didn't. It did not seem possible. Uh, you know, if you're in the middle of a of a six- to eight-hour buffet binge... And then you have a, a, a terrible case of heartburn. I guess you could have had the heartburn. Anyway. Anyway, but it yeah. seems really unlikely.
1: Seems like the binge might have brought it on.
0: Yeah, that's usually the way that works.
1: Yeah, and of course, Iran is denying it. Uh, they, they called us uh, big liars. Our wow. pants are on fire. I think they
0: also said pants on fire. Yeah, they said na-na-na-na-na yeah. yeah. as well in an official statement from the Ayatollah. Yeah, strange but uh, uh you know one thing that's interesting about us being liars uh, mm. is the video of, mm, yeah the, uh, multiple videos from multiple different areas of missiles striking planes and then bringing them to the ground i thought that was some pretty good evidence but iran saying no no, no it's not it's quite not. enough <laughs>
1: it, it's incredible and really sad uh because these people had nothing to do with what's going on and you know, even the U.S. is saying it was it was probably accidental, which nobody would ever give us the benefit of the doubt on that. If it, if it involved us and we shot down some airliner, uh, nobody would say, well, they did it accidentally. Uh, but that's actually what what American officials are saying. That's what President Trump is saying about
0: Iran. And that, sh- that seems to be the intelligence from all over the world, Canada, yeah. Europe. Um, everybody seems to agree that this was a missile. And likely was a mistake. Now, you never know with these things because a mistake, it could be a mistake essentially from the regime in that they didn't intend to shoot down a plane. But some person who, you know, was on the, they have a ring of of anti-aircraft weaponry around uh, the city and mm-hmm. one person deciding this was either a threat or screw these people I'm taking that thing down that could all, that that's in a way intentional right they're trying mm-hmm. to do it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a the position of the of the country
1: right maybe they or maybe they confused the airline with somebody else yeah. maybe they thought it was american who knows who knows uh but i'm sure eventually over time we'll we'll get that figured out that's but it's not surprising because iran apparently was in possession of the black box from the plane one of them and they wouldn't they wouldn't turn it over so there must be a reason for that
0: <laughs> i mean <laughs> you know? well, well first of all they wouldn't turn over the black box second of all uh i believe it was abc got footage of the crash area the day after the crash nothing there now that's not how you investigate an aer- uh, an aircraft uh you know, barreling into the ground and exploding. You the pieces are there, every you know you know how meticulous they are with these things. Mm-hmm. They'll sit there and they'll investigate that for months, they'll look at every single piece, they'll catalog it all. Uh, instead they're just like, uh bulldoze that field over there and uh hopefully no one notices. Jeez. I mean it's it's blatantly obvious that yeah, this this happened, but you know, what do you expect, right? I, no one expects anything more out of Iran. I, I, I expect I a little bit more out of U.S. officials who are running to their uh, social media accounts to try to tweet how Trump was responsible for Iran shooting down a plane. Because, you know, he oh, he yeah. started this chaotic time, Pat. And you can't expect a country <sighs> to not fire against, you know, commercial airlines, Crazy. when when uh, it's a chaotic time that's obviously trump's fault and by the way we should all remember that trump was responding the, the take, taking this guy out right. was not a was not a first move by the united states iran was shooting was, was had just killed a us citizen uh, they were uh, in the middle of these protests that were arranged by this particular guy Suleimani. And uh, there are reports of potentially a an imminent threat against uh, U.S. positions, designed by this guy who now sadly is not around to tell us about it. So this was not a first strike by the U.S. This is this is a strike that uh, was in uh, um, you know both defensive and uh, in response to an attack by Iran. Mm-hmm. And we're sick of it. We 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 made this. We've decided to do something here. And sometimes doing something makes people nervous, but we've decided to say, you know what, we're no longer going to play this game where we act like your proxies are not you. We're no longer going to say, you know what, it's, it's, (laughs) oh gosh, those, those militia groups, let's pretend as if we don't know they were directed by Iran. Let's pretend. And
1: let's pretend the IEDs
0: didn't come from Iran. Yeah. Let's just step back and just forget pretend because that's really been our position for for forever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All through the Barack Obama years, for sure. And maybe even through some of George W. Bush's years. Yeah. Uh, we just ignored it. We just let it go. I mean, we talked about a whole bunch of different things that have happened over the last, certainly uh, the last 20 years and even the last 40 years that have all come from Iran. And we've done nothing about it until now. And, and now we're wrong to respond to any of it? I, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's like the Democrats are working for the Iranian uh regime. It it I mean they they give they spew their propaganda for them.
0: Yeah, I mean well it, if at least if nothing else it seems like trying to take Trump down is more important to them for sure it than is than a the truth mm-hmm. about this incident and right. B the danger that is Iran. I mean they don't seem to they seem to be much more concerned about a Republican being president than any of those things.
1: Here's one of the uh, Democrats uh, blaming President Trump uh, in part for uh, the, the shooting down of the uh, of the plane the other night.
3: If what is being projected is true, uh, this is yet another example of collateral damage from the actions that have been taken in a provocative Jeez. way by the President of the United States. Okay. Well, is this type
2: of miscalculation, let's say... On the part of the Iranians, more likely now to result in even heightened tensions?
3: I would say that the uh, continued saber, excuse me, the, the continued saber rattling by the president or uh, doesn't rattle. help us. Um, I also feel strongly that by taking out Mm -hmm. General Soleimani that that did not somehow uh, rid us of any of the planning that the Iranians would be Mm -hmm. doing or that the Shia militia that is um, throughout the region uh, is also engaged in doing. And we also have the the leader of the Shia militia who was assassinated as well that uh, may be the subject of some efforts to seek revenge.
1: So her most important point there was that it's, it's donald trump's fault
0: that's incredible
1: uh, Her, it's it, I, that's playing right into the hands of the iranian regime to me
0: and it's triple incredible because it's jackie spire right i right. mean jackie spire is she was at, in jonestown if you don't know she was the one that went to jonestown with uh a, a, she was working for a congressman at the time uh <clears throat> and this is where all you know 900 plus people died uh, Mm -hmm. by drinking the, The I'm going to get get this right, the Flavorade. It was not the guy who crashes through your walls oh, in a giant glass. It wasn't it was Kool-Aid. Not Kool-Aid. Do you, do you oh, imagine this? Wow. All of these years, they've been saying drink the, drink Kool-Aid. the Kool-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid. It wow. was a rip-off Kool-Aid thing. I didn't and even Kool-Aid know that. Kool-Aid gets the blame. <laughs> it's unfair. And I'm standing <laughs> up for the guy that goes, oh, yeah, when he comes through the wall. Because it okay. was not his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jackie Spire was there. She watched her boss Jeez. get murdered. Right? And be judging by her logic here... He was responsible for the incident because he's the one that started off this chaotic situation where he went over there and visited and tried to rescue all of these people. Instead, a terrible incident happens where murderers wind up murdering a bunch of people. Is that Jackie's fault? Because I've never considered it her fault. I've never considered it her boss's fault. It's not. It's the fault of the people who who actually do the things. This is such a difficult mm-hmm. thing for America to, to grab their arms around these days when it comes down to a shooting or it comes down to a situation like this, we have to find somebody else that fits into our worldview to blame. Instead, like, oh, it's guns, it's gun manufacturers, it's it's this, it's this. No, it's the person who's who's responsible for the act. Iran is responsible for killing this, uh, this group of 176 people, period.
1: And you got Pete Buttigieg implying that the U.S. is sharing the blame with Iran for shooting down the airliner. I mean... Uh, This is a guy who is running for president who's also trying to pin the blame on us. Wow. Buttigieg said innocent civilians are now dead because they were caught in the middle of an unnecessary and unwanted military tit for tat. My thoughts are with the families and loved ones.
0: <laughs> I love that. Good it's just gosh. this, look, they just were caught in the crossfire. What, what, no, they shot down an airliner. Yeah, right. That is different than being caught in the crossfire. It indicates that, like, oh, well, uh, uh, a, a missile f- flying towards something else happened to hit something in between. We weren't shooting
1: at anybody at the time. There was no crossfire.
0: No. There was only fire. There was only fire. <laughs> no one was coming from Iran. Which is, by the way, been the situation <sighs> Jeez. this entire time. This entire time, Iran has been mm-hmm. taking out U.S. soldiers in Iraq. With its IEDs, it's been some rockets, it's been all sorts of different things. But we know this guy, Suleimani is responsible for 600 of them himself. Six hundred right. U.S. soldiers. And we have one of the two major parties out there acting as if it's, it was wrong to take him out. I, mean, I don't think there's any question. Is it morally justifiable what we did with Suleimani? Yes. Is it legally justifiable? Absolutely yes. The only question was, and I think some people had, there's a a very small slice of America who actually just had honest questions, was like, crap, is this going to blow up into something that we don't want to deal with? Mm -hmm. And that's a legitimate question, and one I'm sure Donald Trump seriously considered before deciding to pull the trigger on this. You know, that is a big part of it. Even when it is morally justifiable and legally justifiable, do you want to deal with the blowback? The decision of Donald Trump for the past two years— and Barack Obama for 8 years before that and George W Bush before that was no right like we don't want to yeah. we don't want to make that we don't want to deal with that pushback so let's all pretend as if these things aren't happening and try to just minimize them um and Trump has changed that calculus and it's changed the calculus for Iran that doesn't mean that some of these groups might still do crazy things but now you have to realize if you're Iran it's your job to keep these groups in line because if they do things uh, without uh, your knowledge even, we're going to think it's you. And that that message being communicated to Iran pretty with a big exclamation point in the form of an explosion, mm-hmm. I think is pretty effective.
1: It, very. And it was obviously proxies that they were using at the embassy mm-hmm. uh, that precipitated this attack on uh, Soleimani. So, yeah, we have sent a really strong message that even if this is your proxies, we're coming after you for it. I, that's a powerful statement. And they... We've said for years that people in the Middle East respond to strength. They don't respond well to weakness. They think that's the green light for them to go ahead and attack you even more. Mm -hmm. But now they've seen strength. And I think that's going to act as a deterrent. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, with the lobbing the 15 missiles into U.S. air bases that really hit nothing, um, that's, uh, that shows you that they're taking this pretty seriously and they understand some of the ramifications for this. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're
0: not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. You know, lately, there is never a shortage of topics to talk about. And Bill O'Reilly joins us now. Uh, to uh, get us uh, up to speed on what's going on uh, this week. Mr. O'Reilly, welcome to the program.
2: Stu and Pat, did mm-hmm. you guys have a hit in the 60s? Hey, Paula. <laughs> we <laughs> yes, did. We was did. That? that was us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, That's <was> <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's been a long time. I'm glad somebody remembers <laughs> our, our hit song. Uh, Bill, uh, I mean, it's been a crazy week. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where to start. Let's start with Iran. Mm-hmm. What 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 is the media not telling us about this situation?
2: Global warming is responsible. <laughs> yes. That's what the media isn't <laughs> yes. telling you. Uh, Soleimani, the terrorist general, so hot over there, he lost his mind <laughs> ordered the attack of the American embassy in Baghdad. Two consecutive days of mm. Shiite militia under the uh, orders of Soleimani um, terrorizing uh, our embassy. Uh, Then they caught them at the airport, U.S. Intel, um, and they smoked them. So that's what happened. And you then bring it over to the United States where there are two things going on. Number one, that most people have no idea what the CUDS Force is, where only 28% of Americans in a survey taken this week could actually – pinpoint where iran is on a map when given the map <laughs> and, and an outline they didn't they didn't fill in the country's names but they said here's the map of the middle east where's iran 28 percent of americans could do it so <clears throat> i'd say the frame of reference of our people here not the best and then you combine that with the hate uh, hey, trump movement whereas anything President Trump does is bad and evil. Mm-hmm. But if you're president, so if you're sitting there and the U.S. Embassy, which is American property, it's American soil, is attacked, and then you know the guy did it is in a certain place, you don't do anything to him? I mean, is that so- what we're looking at now? Apparently it is. Because mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders and, and Elizabeth Warren, even Biden, Biden dancing as he usually does, but, man, no, you know, you can't do that. you got to let them just attack the embassy. And I'm saying to myself, uh, what is going on? Excuse me. <clears throat> what is happening to this country? Because that wouldn't have even been debatable even five years ago. No, I... Even Barack Obama, as soft as he was, would have retaliated against the general that ordered an attack on an American embassy. I,
0: I, so, it seems like, we are. Bill, Bill we, we have a big, I think a big change. I mean, today's Glenn's 20th anniversary of doing this program, which is crazy. And about half of that time back in history, I remember one morning waking up and seeing the news that Osama bin Laden had been killed. And this was not a moment where right-wing media came out and started criticizing Barack Obama. It was a moment that we celebrated as a country together, as yeah. as a, as a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. This terrible person who was killing Americans was gone. And that is does not seem to be present at all with this with And guess who is
2: the only member of the Obama cabinet that advised against the Pakistani raid by the SEALs.
0: Mm. Oh was it Joe <laughs> Biden? Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. He said it was the most right. difficult decision in 500 years, which I never you know, understood. I didn't know he was that know, I mean, that's
2: why, that's why Trump is salivating about you know whether it's Biden. It's not going to be the Socialists. It's either going to be Biden or Buttigieg. Buttigieg, I guess, is an outside chance for this nomination. But you are living in a country now that is becoming increasingly distracted by the personal devices. This is another underreported story especially younger people under 40, Um, they don't pay attention to anything but what's in their hand. And they get dribs and drabs of what's happening, but as I said, they don't know what the history of Iran is, what Iran is trying to do, the violence that they've brought to the Middle Eastern region, which includes killing Americans. They don't know any of this. And the media does not want to educate anymore or put forth facts. That's not why the media is in business. They're in business to either hate or like Donald Trump. That's where the money is. And there's a lot of money. So, you know, we're, we're living in a, in a rapidly changing time. Um, but Trump this week, I think he did himself some good by being measured. Uh, I think going forward, if he can continue that tone, that um, that is a good chance to be reelected.
0: You did write a book about Donald Trump. What do you think the chances are that he continues this tone?
2: That's well, an excellent question, and it based on speculation. And the United States of Trump, you know, he says humbly, is by far and away the best book ever written on Donald Trump. <laughs> because you it's not a pro or, or anti Trump book. I'm just trying to explain the man. And in my explanation of Donald Trump, there is the fact that no one knows what he will do. I don't think he even knows what he's doing from day to day. You know, it's all about how he feels. Uh, is is he aggrieved? Is he, you know, it's a very unpredictable situation in the White House right now. And that's not good.
0: You know, it's it, not good. It's interesting because the one of the knocks on Trump, and if you look at the polling it's supported there as well, they think he's doing a great job with the economy and there's a bunch of stuff they really like one of the things they the american people tend to worry about is how he would handle a major international crisis and if you see this here i mean so I, far how do you not rate this great. an a plus so far i mean yeah. this has been yeah, he handled
2: it well yeah. and that drove the uh you know it was interesting to watch the reaction from the hate trump networks after his speech they really didn't know where to go All right. Right. So it was like, wow, he was moderate. He's not going to hit them back. Not going to escalate. So what do we do now? What do we Mm -hmm. do now? And then it kind of degenerated into this amorphous, uh, well, he didn't consult with Congress and he didn't tell Nancy Pelosi what he was going to do. You know, and and the Americans immediately, as they have with impeachment, turned away after that. Um, So. You know, we live in a time now where facts and truth really doesn't mean that much. And that disturbs me.
0: Okay. But let me. You brought up impeachment, and I'm fascinated by this. Do you understand, Bill O'Reilly, what Nancy Pelosi is attempting to do here? Because she seems to—she waited for two years. She finally decided to go forward with the impeachment on basically no evidence. She rushed it through and said she couldn't call witnesses because she had to get it done so fast. And now is holding on to the articles of impeachment with seemingly no plan whatsoever. I mean, if you are a Democrat, aren't you looking at her and saying this is a massive failure?
2: I don't think Democrats care, and I don't think Republicans care anymore. I think this story is dead. <laughs> well, that's wow. a massive failure for them, wow. right? Why do it if the story's yeah, going to die in a week? It's a failure, but they got PR out of it. It's all, it was all, always a PR stunt. It's like evil Knievel. I mean, that's what it was like. I'm going to jump over the, uh, the you know, the gorge. Um, it's Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to impeach President Trump. All right, so you did it, and not one Republican voted for it. You know, there's no chance of a conviction. So we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. Um, she'll send it over. Feinstein, basically the senator from California, Democratic senator, said, "Look, Nancy, send it over. We, uh, this is boring." we got to get this on. So she'll send it over on Monday or maybe late this afternoon. Um, and then it'll go nowhere. McConnell already has a stranglehold on the process over there in the Senate. But, you know, Pelosi is a creature of the party. And the party says, okay, it's not going to ultimately work for us, but we got the damage on the impeachment, and so now we'll go to something else.
1: But this is... Uh, like a major loss for nancy pelosi don't you think
2: I mean, it looks Not like for her people though you see the hate the hate trump people uh, the democrats the liberals the far left um they don't look at it that way they don't process it that way um they never really thought that this was going to remove donald trump i mean even, even a nut like sheila jackson lee didn't think that um they just wanted to embarrass him and they they put him off his game and then hope he reacts in a way that's going to hurt him see it's all about pushing 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 and hoping Donald Trump then reacts in a way that's going to make it worse so that's what it was all about
1: it does seem like that like the president has some momentum though now doesn't it because he's he's handled this situation with Iran really well and and now it looks like he's going to win on this impeachment situation too that she she is now even acquiescing and saying yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna send the articles to the senate soon so it seems to me that after the senate trial he's gonna have quite a bit of momentum heading into uh springtime
2: i think his poll numbers will go up a little bit um to the mid 40s maybe upper 40s um but the real momentum donald trump has is in the disintegration of his opposition. Mm -hmm. So it's not, Americans that. yeah, okay, Iran, now what's new? So that's gone now. Maybe it'll come back as the, remember, the mullers don't want him reelected. So they could start trouble at any time to interfere in our process here. And I expect that to happen. Um, but that story's gone now. P. Schoon will be gone in two weeks. But the, the lack of a real, viable candidate to take on Donald Trump is what gives the president momentum. Because all of these people, I mean, they haven't distinguished themselves. And they're weak. They're all weak. And if he were facing a Michelle Obama, for example, it would be a much different story. But he knows, and the Republicans know, that they don't have anybody to put up against him right now.
0: It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program on the 20th anniversary of the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn is out uh, with a family emergency a uh, very last minute. had to fly uh, up to Connecticut. Uh, he's asking you for your prayers, and we'd appreciate those, of course. Bill O'Reilly is joining us, and we were talking a little bit about the sort of politics around the election. And it kind of struck me today as I'm looking at the news— Here's unemployment bill at 3.5 percent, the lowest in, you know, 50 years. Can a president lose a presidential election with economic numbers like this?
2: Yeah, he can lose if he makes mistakes. Um, Because we're living in an age now where not everyone is doing well. I mean, you've got um, a lot of people in America who don't have the education or the skill set to rise above a certain level. But they want the same amount of things that the affluent have. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's the gulf, all right? So you, you don't have, you're not primed to make a lot of money because you're not well-educated and you really didn't learn how to do anything um, that sets you apart in the marketplace. But you, you want the buying power of a $200,000 a year salary. And that, those are the people that are, that are disaffected, that, that are, you know, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are going for those people. So you're it's all stacked against you. It's not your fault you didn't pay attention in school or mm-hmm. take the time to learn how to fix something. No, no. It's the government's fault. So elect us and we'll give you all this stuff. That's what it is. So those people are always going to be there, um, no matter how good the economy is, but, you know, Donald Trump goes in with some pretty um, firm successes, and if he can capitalize on them, um, he'll win.
0: You mentioned uh, you thought Billow, uh, excuse me, uh, Joe Biden was the front runner, and really only edge with another uh, not another really small possibility. You don't think any of these socialists are a real threat?
2: No, no because. The uh, minority community, uh, which is the lifeblood of the Democratic Party now, mm-hmm. they're not going to vote for socialists. Hispanic Americans are not. are not. They know what happened in Cuba. They know what happened in Venezuela. They know what's going on in South and Central America. They're not going to vote for socialists. So you take them right out. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, they may not vote for Trump, but they're just not going to show up. African Americans, a little bit harder to read that, um, but I don't see any enthusiasm in any African American precincts for socialism. None. I mean, uh Jay Z, is he a socialist? <laughs> is Beyonce a socialist? <laughs> and I and you laugh, but these are the most important people in the African American culture. Jay Z and Beyonce and Oprah. All right, they're the most important people. Are they socialists? So you, they have no traction, Warren and Buttigieg and uh, and uh, Sanders in the minority communities. None. It, it's How a, they win.
0: Yeah, it's interesting they too. Can't. You bring up the pop culture, and and one of the things that was very one of Trump's biggest uh, reasons he was a television star back when he was on The Apprentice is because African American audiences loved the guy. I mean, he
2: had yeah, great they ratings. Liked. Yeah. They want a pathway to achievement. I don't think minority Americans want the federal government with a boot on their neck, even if they're giving them stuff. Um, I just don't think that I I could be wrong on this, but I I haven't seen anything that demonstrates minority voters are jazzed about socialism.
1: So so if the socialists in the race can't, can't win bill um and i don't i don't see biden winning this thing either i mean i I see him winning the democrat nomination but he i don't believe he can beat trump what would it it depends what would it take i mean what what would it what would the circumstances have to be for trump to lose to joe biden
2: well i i see i'm much more um cautious because if you look at the electoral college map last time around trump won 30 states Hillary Clinton 120, but the Democrats are a lock to win California, Illinois, and New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's over 100 electoral votes. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, you're that's... starting there. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe Trump will win Texas and Florida. So y- yes, you're you're elevating there, but it's not a lock. And minority voters, African Americans in particular, will vote for Biden because. Of the Obama Association. And if Barack Obama and Michelle take to the campaign trail, which they might, they don't have any use for Trump. If they get out there, then it's going to be close, even if Biden is befuddled. Now, in a one on one debate, you would think Trump could smoke them because Biden's got all kinds of problems with Ukraine, with his past votes. With his uh, inarticulation, uh, he just can't get a sentence out. Yeah, and I think you'll see that again next week. There's another Democrat debate next week? All right, and if Biden, you know, and he just he he just doesn't look like he has command. No, he doesn't. But I, if the Obama machine gets behind him, it's going to be close.
0: Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com is joining us. He's also the author of the number one bestseller, The United States of Trump, which you can get anywhere you get your books. We're going to come back on the other side with more uh, with Bill O'Reilly, and uh, we'll tell you about the 20th anniversary of the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn here on the Glenn Beck program, joined by Bill O'Reilly. Bill has a new column out uh, talking about the way that the left, and the you know, as you put it, Bill, the totalitarian left, and it's the way they seem more and more when it comes to college campuses, when it comes to politicians that disagree, media people they don't like, of finding a way to just cancel them out of the culture, get rid of them completely because their ideas cannot be heard by the American people. They're just not smart enough to be able to handle it.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, one of the themes, mm-hmm. one of the themes of BillO'Reilly.com, we do. Four uh, broadcasts a week uh, of about 35 minutes each, and then I write a column or two and then a um, a daily message of the day. And and I've been pounding this theme that the woke culture, and that's the uh, umbrella, is not really in business to improve the country. It's in business to silence the country. So last Sunday, uh, Peggy Noonan in The Wall Street Journal wrote a column that says the woke people are the most hated, her word is hated, um, folks in the United States of America. I'm not sure that's true yet, but they should be, because they're in the death game. They want to kill people, and it's not a disorganized rabble. This comes out of very well-funded and organized organizations like Media Matters, the Bonner Group, Color of Change. There are maybe two dozen of them, most of them based on K Street in Washington, and they receive huge grants of money from people like George Soros. Everybody knows that name now. But there are um, thousands of people like Soros who fund these people, and they're Uh, dictum their mandate is to target people with whom the far left disagrees and destroy them by any means possible and that's what's happening and you can see it um how the media loves this it couldn't happen without the media's cooperation um but they love it because the media in general is liberal and if they can take out conservative voices and make it difficult for those people to appear on late night tv or morning of tv that kind of thing they get a step up in the culture war and that's what's happening
1: so you you mentioned that they want to kill people you're, you're talking more metaphorically than than literally right hey, look
2: they wouldn't if if i died tomorrow or <laughs> they, would, they died wouldn't they wouldn't shed tomorrow. a tear <laughs> yeah that's that's you're true okay? Uh, they break out the champagne. <laughs> these, these are vicious people. Yes, these are people yes are. who believe that their conduct is justified because the traditional conservative movement is so evil. I mean, they believe we're evil, mm-hmm. and, and I believe they're evil, so never the twain will meet. Um, but the advantage they have, in addition to the money, the vast money they have to do what they do, is the media's acceptance of them and promotion of them. I mean, that's why the Golden Globe Awards were so stunning, where you have this mm-hmm. Gervais, um basically saying, look, I'm a, I'm a Brit, and I'm never going to do this show again, Golden Globe, or so I'm going to tell the truth about these people. Uh, these Hollywood people, yeah. who have a vast amount of influence. And he did. Yeah. The mm-hmm. next day, the L.A. Times cut his throat, Jervis's throat, and did everything they could to marginalize the truth that he said, that these Hollywood people don't know anything, they're ignorant, they're intolerant, and if you don't toe their line, you won't work in Hollywood. And that's true. And the same thing goes for Disney and AT&T and Comcast and all of these corporations that control the media flow in this country. It's a bad situation, and Americans should know just how bad it is.
1: Now, I've I've watched you, Bill, for 25 or 30 years, and I've known you for a decade. I I don't know that I've ever heard you use the word evil before. Is Is that a new thing? Is that a new realization for you or a new belief structure about these people?
2: No, I've used evil before in the sense that if you are a human being who wants to hurt other human beings, all right, hurt Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. you're evil. Um, Now, if it's self-defense, everybody understands that. But if you are somebody who really devotes your life to hurting others, if you are a criminal, um, if you are an abuser of, of children, that's evil, right? Yeah, and I'm seeing now a movement in this country that's being accepted that is at the same level of the totalitarian regimes of the past, in the Soviet Union, in China, mm-hmm. in Germany, where there was a pol- there were political parties that were bent on subjugating people, and were going to do anything they could to accomplish that. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference? So it is evil, in my opinion.
0: Hmm. It's, it's amazing, though, you know, given this context, Bill, you know, here's a, a huge group of people, very well organized, relentless, uh, just trying to shut people up. And if you read the, you know, the Peggy Noonan uh, column, you know, in a way, she almost seems optimistic about it, that eventually the American people are going to wake up and 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 toss this aside and, and reject it.
2: Do you find that optimism? In in her column, and by the way, I'm not a big fan of hers Mm -hmm. because she was uh, one of the witch hunters and the misconduct stuff. Everybody was guilty. Um, But anyway, she thinks that someone is going to rise up and challenge these people. Well, who might that be? You're going to get killed if you do that by the New York times and the Washington post and Hollywood and the view and, and MSNBC and CNN, who's going to do that? I mean, you would have to have billions of dollars and you would have to have hundreds of armed guards, even to take them on. I mean, that's how bad it is. Now, yes, you have a conservative media. You have people on radio and television that stick up for traditional values. But it's a hundred to one against. I mean, you're overwhelmed yeah. by the other side, and that's where that's the state we're in. So I'm not optimistic that some white knight is going to come out. I don't know how that could possibly happen.
0: Bill, where uh, we know uh, people should go find you at BillO'Reilly.com, as you oh uh, so uh, wonderfully outlined just a moment ago. What else? Uh, what else should people be aware of? The book is that the thing you're pushing right now.
2: No, no. The book is, uh, we did very well with the United States of Trump, um, and I appreciate you guys helping us with it. We have a new killing book out May 12th, Killing Crazy Horse, The American Indian Wars, Mm. uh, which is unbelievable. Um, I think people will um, enjoy that. That is the ninth killing book, 17 million copies of my history books in print um and if you become a billoreilly.com premium member you get the book free and first so that's pretty much what i'm hawking right now
0: (laughs) very nice Uh, bill did you have a 20th anniversary message for glenn that you wanted to make sure he heard
2: well first of all i hope you know look i've been friends with beck for a long time yeah um and and anything that is troubling him troubles me so i'm you know just hoping that everything turns out. If I can do anything, you guys tell him that I'm here to do whatever he needs. But, you know, Glenn Beck is an interesting, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time, because I know you have to sell pillows and stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: if, if you step back and, and you watch what Beck does, he's different than than me and, and others who are more traditional in this country and the media. Because Beck is, is basically what I call a true believer. I mean, he has a vision of what America should be, Mm -hmm. and and how people should participate in the country. And it's different than everybody else. And and that's why I like, you know, I give Mm -hmm. Beck a hard time. There's nobody that makes more fun of him than I do. (laughs) But when it comes right down to it, Beck is an important resource for this country. And um, I'm so happy that he's been successful in the 20th uh, anniversary. You know, he started... When he was 62 years old, he's 82 now. (laughs) And, you know, I just hope he can last as long as uh, he wants to last. All
0: right, Bill Bill O'Reilly, BillOreilly.com. We're going to sell some pillows, but thanks for joining us today. (laughs) All
2: right, guys. Cheers. (laughs) All right. The best of the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Hey, it's Glenn and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Grey Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This is what uh, Glenn posted earlier this morning. Yeah. Is it
0: on Instagram? I think it's I believe it's on the gram. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I call it, the, the gram. gram. Yeah, because I want people to know Cuz you're
1: really in the know and you're really hip on the gram. Yeah.
0: Sometimes yeah. sometimes I'll just call it Insta. <laughs> really? And other times I'll call it the IG you know because because i, I mm-hmm. you know that's why I'm, I'm on the the tiktok as well Just make sure you check me out there on the, <laughs> on, Are the, you t- TikTok? On, the on the tiktok uh no i'm not uh so <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm an adult so uh glenn uh, was on instagram and he talked about i mean cuz it's 20 years and 2 days ago he got married to tanya uh and uh we were there uh, pad and mm-hmm. and and got to go to a wonderful hamburger dinner uh right afterwards at a fast food joint um and then two days after that he moved to florida and started his talk radio show uh here's what he writes he says uh 20th it's today's my 20th anniversary of doing talk radio 20 years in many ways it seems like yesterday in others it seems like i've been doing it for a thousand years a lot of that has to do with working with jeffy Uh, that part of it always seems a lot longer ages you yeah it does (laughs) yeah i've been blessed to work with some of the best people in all of radio Stu, pat dan jeffy sarah just to name a few have been with me the whole time pat for 30 years next year that's actually this year it's this year it's
1: already 30 years yeah
0: 30 years
1: a little hurt i'm a little hurt that he didn't realize that our anniversary is coming up as well and oh
0: my oh oh, oh gosh pat don't cry (sighs) 30 year anniversary (laughs) (laughs) so you started with him in baltimore Mm -hmm. in 1990 1990 that's a long freaking time ago it's amazing how this stuff happens. <laughs> it seems like it goes so fast. It? Yeah. Uh, Glenn writes, I cannot thank all of the uh, all of those who've crossed my path and made me a better broadcaster and man, as well as those we currently work with, uh, and make me sound better than I am. But truly, one of the top five greatest blessings of my life has been able to serve you, the audience, the greatest fifty million monthly Americans to ever come together as an audience. Tanya and I think of you as friends because, well, you are. I don't get to see you when uh, when we hang out. But you are the most well-read, loyal, entrepreneurial, honest, and charitable audience I contend has ever been assembled in TV or radio. It's hard. I mean, a lot of that stuff is really hard to argue with. I mean, the charitable thing in particular. It. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the the, the mm-hmm. way that this audience has stepped up for people in need over the years, and that's something that the audience never gets their due credit for. Mm-hmm. The media never fawns over all the millions of dollars this audience has given and to help people
1: this audience has literally given tens of
0: millions mm-hmm. of dollars incredible
1: for various causes tens of millions
0: saving christians in the middle east mm-hmm. stopping people from being uh sex trafficked. slaves yeah and sex slavery back to uh um you know tons and tons of veterans causes uh you know soldiers that have gone and been injured or killed families Food kitchens. For homeless people. I mean. Across the board. Yeah. Children need. I mean, it's been really an amazing experience to see that actually happen. Because Mm -hmm. we talk about how important, um, you know, charity is. Because we argue all the time that we want government to do less. You know, when Mercury One, his charitable organization started, that's what they used to use that tagline all all the time. It was, uh, you know, if we want the government to do less, we need to do more. And this audience has taken Mm -hmm. that uh, to heart in in a real way. Yeah. Um, Glenn writes, uh, Tanya and I think of you as friend. Oh yeah, we gotta do that part. Let's see. Uh, you challenge me. He writes, let me know when I am wrong yet. Do something that just isn't in fashion anymore. Remain my friend. Even when we disagree, thank you for allowing me to share your journey with you. It has been a great joy to make you laugh, cry, see something a new way, explore life and history, think out of the box and stand shoulder to shoulder for the God given rights given to all mankind by a loving creator. I know I am not good enough to have accomplished all that we have on my own, and I will agree with him. Oh, I mean, that's probably the truest thing he he even said. Yeah, the the, the whole. I mean, it's not even. I mean, he makes it sound like it could be close, like he's almost good enough. He's not. I mean, it's it's a huge, massive chasm. (laughs) Or a chasm. chasm. It's a chasm. (laughs) Much of it was a blessing from God. The mistakes, however, were all mine. With that being said, please forgive me for not being with you today, as Glenn is not here, obviously today. But he wrote this at 3.15 a.m. Eastern Time, and he had just landed in Connecticut. Late last night, Tanya got word that her father had been rushed to the hospital, and we needed to be by his side. I hope to be back Monday, but will be gone Tuesday, as my daughter Mary is going in for brain surgery Tuesday at 7 a.m. Please pray for my family, and if I may ask for one more prayer, one of my best and dearest friends is facing a fierce battle for his life today. His name is Dom. Please pray for miracles and grace. See you soon. So Dom and Mary and Vinny and and really honestly a lot of people, man, going on right now. It's, it's it's been a tough few months for this sort of stuff. Um wow. And uh it, it's something that you know, everybody has to deal with at some point, but man, it's it's I feel like it's been a just a wave of of, 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 of real you know, close by tragedy and 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 sadness in a lot of ways. Um yeah. and uh, just you yeah. know obviously everyone has to go through that at some point but i know glenn has had a, a real difficult time and has a lot going on in that area and i know he really wanted to be here today i mean I, you know he's twenty twenty 20 years doing a show that started at 970 wfla 20 years ago started off the first year of broadcast i think he started in uh, 18th place uh in the ratings and then rocketed to 23rd place <laughs> uh which was great but it was rocket it was it, ro- ro- it was a rocket ride yeah and uh, and it's interesting because, Pat, you know, in his morning show career, you know, he he had some big stops, but uh, some, mm-hmm. you know, middling, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't, I, middling is a good word, I think, for what he did until he mm-hmm. met up with you. Right. And then had v- massive success. Massive. All the way up to outrageous number one. It was success. outrageous. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, started in talk radio in 18th place, went to 23rd, then I joined him, and he went to number one. So I don't know what huh. the lesson is exactly there, huh. but I can tell you exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so we started off. Think about this: in 2000, Glenn starts off mm-hmm. his first show on talk radio. Uh, it's 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 he's struggling at the beginning. He's finding his his way. I mean, Glenn's an incredible broadcaster. Will someday be mm-hmm. in the radio hall of fame, I'm sure. Uh, and is you know incredibly uh, gifted at what he does. Even though maybe some days on this program you can't necessarily tell that. Uh, and but he starts off and he's getting his kind of feet, getting his balance. Is this going to work as a talk radio host? Uh, mm-hmm. In Tampa, Florida, in 2000, when an election's going on, you may remember, centered a little bit around Florida, yep. uh, with hanging chads and mm-hmm. such, so you're we there for that election in Florida, uh, about, uh, what was it, maybe s- 10 months later, um, or 8 months later, I guess it was, we went to, we were got an offer to be nationally syndicated, start a new show, it was August 2001. You may notice... One month before September And it was going to start
1: the next January, right? It was going to start at the beginning of the year, and then 9-11 happened.
0: Yeah, and they moved up the launch, so we kind of like yeah. threw a network together, threw a show together. They didn't,
1: they didn't, for some reason, they didn't want to talk about relationship issues nah. <laughs> with whoever else was doing the show at that time.
0: Yeah. They,
1: during 9-11.
0: A little bit of a change-up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we did that. I mean, we think of all the stuff that's happened, Pat. I mean, you go through... The Iraq War, uh, the the the, uh, mm. the the Kerry versus Bush election, which came down to Ohio, yep. and we were out there with a giant waffle head uh, going around telling uh, you know that's right <laughs> mocking John John Kerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had uh, you know the, the economic collapse Katrina. Uh, you had uh, the obama election and all of that crazy stuff and you know in that period you know glenn started his cnn headline <laughs> news show and then onto the fox news show with this, all that stuff with van jones and then the, the ra- mm. uh, restoring uh, honor in washington dc hundreds of thousands of people gathering for that all the restoring um, uh, events since it has been a hell of a ride a hell of a 20 years man it really has and this audience has been there the it entire has. time many i mean people i still hear from all the time who were listening those first days in Tampa, the, mm-hmm. sh- the fact that they stuck around through those days is a... Really something. Yeah, it's a feat of strength in and of itself. But to hang around for 20 years still listening to Glenn, I know he really legitimately appreciates it. And, you know, we talk about this off the air all the time, that this audience is is something special. The fact that they've been mm-hmm. able to do the things that they've been able to do, you know, the, you know, the, the, the ways that we've been influenced by the audience over the years... You know, I'll never forget going, you know, we're doing the show in Tampa back in, this is the Terry Shivo days. And um, I was out at a, uh, a an all-you-can-eat buffet, because I guess there was, a buffet, <laughs> there was a buffet in Tampa that uh, threw out a big fat guy because he was eating too many crab legs, and it was kind of a big local story. Mm-hmm. So we decided to get uh, 10 of <clears throat> our fattest listeners to go to this buffet and just gorge themselves to see if we could get kicked out. So that's what I was doing. And Glenn was back taking calls on the local issue of the day, Terry Shivo. um, And he was on the other side of it. He was on the side of like, ah, you know what? I mean, look, I wouldn't want to live that way. Let her die. Uh, You know, the husband seems to want it, whatever. And he got a call from a listener, one of the last calls on the show, who said, you know, Glenn, I've been listening to you for a year. And this doesn't seem consistent with you at all. Like, have you actually thought about this story at all? And it's funny because, you know, doing talk radio... Especially when you hear it being done by others, you can tell when the people have actually thought out the issue they're talking about. And it's not 100% of the time. Uh, uh, Newsflash. Uh, a lot of times it's just, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of rip and read going on occasionally in talk radio. And he, I, I don't know, he was being trying to be entertaining. He was much more focused on this big buffet issue going on in town. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's, he stopped and he, uh, he, it really bothered him. I remember him telling me about this as we went into the weekend. You know, it really bothered me. Like I, I don't know why. It seemed to he seemed to connect. So he did something that I don't know that a lot of hosts do. He went home and actually took the caller's advice and thought about it. Mm-hmm. And he came back Changes the next day on Monday and said, you know, I'm totally wrong on this. I I, I blew this one. Mm-hmm. And instead of just letting the story die or uh, trying to massage it, and as I was saying on Friday, uh, <laughs> I'm on this side of it. He came out and just laid it out on the table. <clears throat> This yeah. is what happened. I was wrong. I didn't think about it enough. I let you down. Here's what the real the, the truth is. And, you know, he wound up becoming very close to the, the Shibo family and uh, who really appreciated mm-hmm. his efforts. I mean, that was, a, that was a big story in Tampa long before it was a national story. Uh, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that sets Glenn apart, honestly, as a host, in that, like, he's willing to just come out here and just say, you know what, I totally blew that one. That's very rare in talk radio. You don't hear it a lot. You don't hear it. I mean, you certainly don't hear it from the media today. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have CNN, maybe Allison Camerota, who's probably the worst offender on this particular topic, to come out one day and say, you know what? I said to you 20 times on the air that the dossier was confirmed and corroborated by authorities. And you know what? I got to just tell you, I, don't, I, I really believed it at the time. But you mm-hmm. know what? I was totally wrong on that. And you should know that I was wrong. And you should know next time I come out with something like that, it's okay to have questions because I blew that one. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? But she's, she'll never do that. You never hear that. She'll never do you, that. you do hear it from Glenn, though. Yeah. And when he does get something wrong, he he does really mm-hmm. try to I – mean, and, and that's something that is difficult to do for your ego. And it's something that a lot of broadcasters <clears> – <throat> It's counterintuitive, yeah, too. But tell you not to do it. Any because, consultant yeah. would say, don't do that. Right, because you're don't supposed to be that. the ultimate you gotta authority, be the authority. Right? yeah you know don't mm-hmm. admit your your uh your your lack of perfection to the audience right uh but you know I think that's what one of the things that we've loved about this show is that the audience is you know they're smart they know mm-hmm. they know you're not perfect they're they're human beings mm-hmm. and they also are not perfect, and we've been able to kind of go through twenty years of this together and uh hopefully. I mean, for Pat and I's sake, not too much longer, because it really, I, I can't take anymore. Uh, but uh, no, it's been, able, it's been an amazing ride, and, and I know Glenn really, really appreciates has. it and wants to be here. So he's gonna, we're going to go over some, he wants to, I know, talk to you about it as well. But on this day where 20 years ago, 970 WFLA launches this show, we appreciate not only their uh, affiliation with us, but all the stations and all the advertisers and especially the audience. It's been an amazing ride and hopefully a lot more.
2: The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.